With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Phil Mackey. He tells you things and you're like, oh, wow, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Judd Zolgad. One of the greatest screwballs I ever met in my life, but uh, interesting fellow. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Matthew Collar, he talks about football on 1500ESPN.com and the Purple Podcast, Vikings Professional Football. Before we uh, get into some Vikings reckless speculation here, per our conversation last segment, what was the, the quick setup there, Dave, just for the audience? Megan Demel, figure skater, Canada, tweeted out before the short program, I believe it was, of the Paris competition that, oops, I just dropped my phone into an unflushed <laughs> toilet. And there's a lot of questions off of that, like how unflushed, etc. Did she one, borrow you someone had, else's phone? You had tweet? those questions, Mackie. We didn't. You, you guys didn't. were out no matter what. Oh, we're done. Yeah, I, I mean, Matthew did say that if it was just a number one, you wash it off and you figure it out. Oh, yeah, I'd go in there yeah. barehanded with that. I'll just wash that right off. Well, how about this? What, what would you do? That's, that's no problem. Number yep. two is when it gets really not good. Messy. This is from a different <laughs> Matthew on Twitter. At Marine Corps Boot Camp, I dropped my toothbrush in the urinal. Now the good part. It was the only one that I had issued, and it's not like the military gave us any time to go to the store for another toothbrush. You get one toothbrush in boot camp. Had to wash it off and go on. I'd be I'd be fine with that. Hot water, kill all the germs, you're fine. Would you ever, like, I feel like the next hundred times I brush my teeth, it would always be in my mind that I'm brushing my teeth with my own urine or other people, more, more than yeah. likely, like other people's urine. How do you ever get over that? I I don't know. You know what? You I mean, have that's no a, other option. Maybe that's there's true. a whitening that's factor. A situation. It's possible that the acid, right? It's more acidic, so maybe there's a whitening factor there. Here's the thing. <laughs> Could be. Who? If you tell someone, or if someone sees it, that's different. Now, if it happens, you grab it, oh, yeah, you sure. wash it off. No one sees it. That's one thing. Right. But if everyone sees it, you don't want to be the guy who did that you because don't. then you'll be known at that forever. They'll see you 50 years from now and be like, hey, <laughs> would you rather be your Would you rather be brush Tommy. <laughs> What's up, TBG? <laughs> would you rather be the guy who's humiliated by his uh, fellow Marines or the guy with halitosis for the next 12 weeks Hot of boot water camp? water will take care of that. Right. Some soap, no problem. The yeah. Darren McFadden story, by the way, he broke his elbow and claimed that he did so trying to save his cell phone. Like he had dropped it and then, I don't know, dove for it and yeah. broke his elbow doing that. It's probably not what actually happened. Is that like Nate like Burleson us. when he was uh, he broke his leg or his arm in a car accident when he was trying to save a pizza that was sitting on his passenger that. seat yeah. with the Lions? Yeah. There was uh, Jeff Kent washing the truck. Remember yeah. that one? Yeah. That he hurt his back washing the truck. 
And I think okay. there was a motorcycle thing with Jeff Kent too. I think he had a couple different incidents that they he actually like put language in the contract. Jeff Kent. Yeah. What did Kevin Love have? Was Kevin Love the win? Was it a window? Those were air quotes here. Knuckle push-ups. Knuckle mm-hmm. push-ups. Yes. I did yeah. those to get ready for the segment. Clearly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're uh, getting your swell on during mm-hmm. the commercial break. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Myron's in here for Judd. Reckless speculation. And if you're into reckless Viking speculation, Matthew Collar has a full series on 1500ESPN.com here. Uh, it's Vikings off-season cocaine. It's the future of the Vikings series. So um, why don't you just, like, take the floor here. What, outside of quarterback, because we've, we'll get there too, but we've, we've gone all in on that for three weeks. What are you most, on behalf of the Vikings, anxious about or interested in here, non-quarterback, with less than a month now until free agency opens up? I think offensive line is really interesting here because Joe Berger is going to retire, and Mike Remmers was put at guard for the final three games of the season, and they moved Rashad Hill to the right tackle. Well, they're not going to have Rashad Hill be their starter because they're very pleased with him being their backup and a guy that they can trust. But this opens up the doors to some pretty interesting options if Remmers moves over to guard where they could draft a tackle in the first round or they could go out and try to get Nate Solder, who is the number one tackle on the market. There's a couple other free agent tackles that might be kind of interesting if they wanted to do that. And they could even draft a guy to be their left tackle and move Riley Reef to the right side or have that eventually be the plan down the road. Or they could just draft a guard and what's a really good guard draft and fill him in and have Mike Remmers stay at tackle. And I think they have an opportunity here to really stack up this offensive line. I mean, you guys watch the Eagles offensive line dominate the Vikings defensive line. You don't see that very often. And it's not like they built that offensive line in Philly overnight. I mean, it took investment. It took paying Lane Johnson a heck of a lot of money, right? And took years of development. But I think that that's what a lot of teams are going to be looking at. Not that they didn't know offensive line was important, but that you can always stack it up more and stack it up more and have – uh, good depth and things like that. So I, I think that that's a, a very real possibility and probably the top of my list. The other thing is defensive line. I mean, Philadelphia already had a good defensive line, and then they went out and signed Chris Long. Uh, so, th- I mean, when you saw that and drafted Derek Barnett, when you saw that last offseason, it was like, wait a minute. They added a free agent rusher and a draft pick rusher? Really? But they're also sending, like, waves of fresh, healthy bodies. Exactly. Eight deep. Yeah. Yep. As you get into January, yep. too, right? Yep. So they're they're running waves at you by the fourth quarter in January where you'd be the most worn down. And we saw Everson Griffin wear down, and he had the foot issue, too. Uh, that might be something the Vikings look at and go, you know what? Maybe instead of 98% of snaps, Everson should play 75% and be able to work other people in. Dalvin Cook tweeted, I think, the other day, you know, comeback player of the year, mm-hmm. question mark. Where does he fit in? To this running back rotation when he comes back if he's healthy. Number one, I mean, with a bullet, uh, I mean, just the, he is the guy. Uh, I mean, one of those very few rare running backs that everyone drafts at the very top of their fantasy draft who's going to play 80% of snaps if they don't decide to go out and get a number three and rotate a little more. Again, when you look at the Eagles, and I, I think we do have an over-tendency to look at who won and go, we should just copy everything they did. But there's some great ideas in here. Like going out to get Jay Ajayi when they already had a top running back in LeGarrett Blunt, who had led the NFL in touchdowns the year before, and then Corey Clement, who proved to be pretty good too. But they said, more talent? We'll take it. And so they had three good tight ends. They had three good running backs. So there's a possibility that uh, Cook doesn't play that that many snaps like somebody like uh, LaShawn McCoy, who's in there almost every play. 
but I think he is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL, and he could very reasonably be that guy. And he showed us last year that not only is he explosive, he can catch out of the backfield, but he is really smart. And he picked up quickly on pass blocking, something that he had rarely done at Florida State, and just picked it up just like that. I think what's really impressive, and the Vikings do have a lot of this characteristic as well, but the Eagles in particular and the Patriots have always been this way. They have a Swiss Army knife for every possible situation. Yeah. So they've got they've got uh, you know a multi versatile starting running back. They've got in Carson Wentz a dynamic quarterback who can make all the throws and do all the things. But then like once you start to get more granular, okay, do you have a backup quarterback if you need it that can lead you? And the Vikings check that box with Case Keenum for the most part. Like, do you have a, a bell cow who can grind out yards and grind out clock late in the game and score touchdowns inside? LeGarrette Blunt, check. Do you have a dynamic pass-catching tight end who can double-move safeties in a key game? Zach Ertz, check. Do you have a great backup tight end who scored five touchdowns in the— Like, like <laughs> yeah. they check every box yeah. so you can yeah. get really granular, and the Vikings don't check as many of those situational boxes as the Eagles. And tight end is another thing to watch because Kyle Rudolph— they I. Very much doubt they would move on from him this year. But next year, they could move on from him with no cap penalty at all. And he's scheduled to make $7.7 million, which is a lot of money for a guy who doesn't block very well and also is a good player like in the red zone, but limited in terms of his physical ability. And that's why in free agency, I really like the idea of getting Trey Burton from Philadelphia. He's a guy that ran a 4-6. He's incredibly quick. Was he undrafted? Throws a nice ball, too. I don't remember if he, where he was drafted, but just looking through his measurables the other day, as you'd expect, that's what I'm doing is eat, grinding film eating, and looking at measurables and looking at measurables of free agents. Yes, yeah, so I'll have uh, I'll have the fillet Mc um, <laughs> McFilm with a sprinkling of measurables on the side. I've, I've I been, like it. I've been tweeting out the different cereals that I'm eating while doing my work <laughs> nice. from home. Uh, yesterday was Honey Nut Checks. Wow. A couple days ago, Cocoa Puffs. Wow. You get to the bottom of that Cocoa Puffs and you've got some chocolate milk there. Wow. Like, this is fantastic. You and Judd uh, are both 11 years old in yeah, so many glorious ways. There's no ways. question. I love but it. that's why I really do like the idea of Trey Burton because they've tried to draft these athletic tight ends, Michael Pruitt, Bucky Hodges. But the problem is they weren't good at football. You know, like the running of the routes and the catching, the blocking, knowledge retention, the whatever. knowing stuff, yeah. like all of those things they had trouble with. Basically, the only thing that Michael Pruitt and Bucky Hodges could do was run real fast. And Trey Burton is an experienced tight end who has proven he could play in the league. He'd be worth paying out. So you have another weapon this year. And then if next year you want to move away from Kyle Rudolph, you have a guy who could slide right into your number one. I like Teddy Bridgewater. I don't think we should care that he's likable. If we get away from all the emotion of how likable he is, what's the best case scenario for the Vikings as it pertains to Teddy B? Let's answer that when we come back because there's a lot of meat on that bone. Let's let's go a little bit deeper on that question that Myron just asked. He's in for Judd today. Uh, Matthew Collar continuing also, our Viking speculation. Serial suggestions. On Twitter, if you want to tweet me a serial that you think that I might not know about Cookie or have tried. Do they still make Cookie Crisp? Yeah, I think so. Cookie Crisp is out there. Did you guys eat the marshmallows first, last, or just with the rest in Lucky Charms? First. Last. Got to eat them first. Ate them last. Last. I'm a last guy. Save them to the end. Yeah. Why? Show some restraint, Medcalf. (laughs) Come on. Have some discipline. Save those marshmallows for last. Jump right in. Uh, You know, Chris Lindahl is, uh, well, first of all, he's the number one REMAX results team in in the country for a reason. But he is saying thank you to the Mackie and Judd listeners. And I'm sure he's a guy who saves the marshmallows until last as well. You know, if you're going to build an empire like him, it's all about discipline. 
Chris Lindahl is offering the 1500 ESPN and Mackie and Judd listeners a free listing side commission if you're interested in selling your home between now and March 16th. If you want to enter 763-401-SOLD or chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Hey, he wasn't. You want to talk about marketing and you want to talk about putting yourself out there and generating some buzz and interest. Yeah, he's the one that put a purple is better than green billboard out in front of the Philadelphia Stadium a few weeks ago. The game didn't turn out well, but he made it back unscathed. And he's here to take all of his marketing resources and tools and apply them to the sale of your home. 763 401 sold or chrislindahl.com. That's Chris with a K. Mackie and Judd now continue. Okay, thank you. On 1500 ESPN. Football! Football, yeah! yeah! Football! Yeah! Football! Yeah! Yes. Get some of Matthew Collar's Future of the Vikings series on 1500ESPN.com. You can also find him multiple times a week on the Purple Podcast. Myron Medcalf, let's go back. Ask the question you just asked before the break about Bridgewater again, because there's a let's let's explore the space here on that. Well, well, my whole thing about I like Teddy Bridgewater, and I think a lot of people like Teddy Bridgewater, but I think his likability factor, if that's a phrase, should not have any bearing on what happens with him in the future with this organization. What's the best case scenario for the Vikings as it pertains to Teddy Bridgewater? Well, let, let me touch on the um, the likability factor that. The likability and character, I mean, they can be two separate things. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't seem that likable, and Peyton Manning didn't seem that likable, but their football character was unbelievable. I think that Bridgewater has both of those things. So when they talk about he's a great kid, he's a great kid, they'll also talk about all the important things that you need to have from a character standpoint to be the face of an organization and to also win in the NFL. The mental toughness, you see it come through with him at the end of games, especially through his whole career. You go back and watch his Louisville career, and it's incredible how often he's coming through in big games, beating Florida in a bowl game, things that Louisville never dreamed of before they had Teddy Bridgewater. And all that matters when you're analyzing him, that he came into the NFL and did the same exact thing, took a team to 11-5 and and led a game-winning drive in the playoffs. So they look at him as the leader that the entire locker room buys into, the, the player who they can trust in big moments, all those character things that are really important to them. And those are major factors in this conversation. Uh, the best thing for them with Teddy Bridgewater would be to bring him back on a short deal that would be something like a Brock Osweiler deal or the one that Sam Bradford signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. He had, I think, a small cap hit in the first year, and then it went up the next year. But it was a high amount of guaranteed money, but not a long-term contract. And uh, obviously they traded him away, but that was a deal that was signed with a player who was coming off major knee surgery where they weren't sure if he's going to hold up or not. And they signed him to that deal, and ultimately he he didn't end up holding up. So I think that that works really well for the Vikings. The only X factor would be, is Teddy Bridgewater miffed about them trying to toll his contract? Or does is he just kind of shrugging his shoulders? He has no power, though, right? I mean, yeah, that's yeah. the again, I, I hate the situation that Teddy Bridgewater is in. Mm-hmm. I hate what happened to him. Non-contact in a practice that should have been a promising year. Yeah, yeah. But again... All of that doesn't matter. We have to look at who he is. Yeah. He has no power in this. We don't know what to expect with the knee. Well, they should have a pretty good idea. And they were confident enough to have him one play away from going in as the backup quarterback for the whole second half of the year. If they weren't 
if they were worried about that, they would have had Kyle Sloter be their backup and they would have had Bridgewater be inactive for all those games. And I can tell you from a looking at Mike Zimmer answer questions about it for weeks and also from other rumblings that you hear that they were right on the edge of putting him back in. And there was even later in the year, especially when they lost to Carolina and case didn't play very well. I think some of the wide receivers said, man, should we go to Teddy? So at least he was looking good enough in practice for those guys uh, to, to have a conversation about that. Everson Griffin said that the captains all got together and had a conversation about whether to stick with case. So if that's what they were talking about, they must have felt in practice that he was close enough there and the doctors must have felt like he could go back out there. Now that doesn't mean he wouldn't have rust when he comes back and there's it's still unclear if he would be the same player as he was before. But it's not like he was Michael Vick or something. I mean, he, he was not this guy who was running for five or 600 yards. Here's what I when I talk about power, you're 100 percent correct. I, I just think it's on both sides. Like Teddy has to realize, oh yeah, the situation yeah, yeah. he's in, and that yes, two years ago, pay him mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Right now, you have to understand the hesitation and the caution of everybody because I think everybody should be cautious yeah. about this. I think certainly he was higher on the depth chart in the second half of the season. But there's a little edge with Teddy because people like him. So there's a bit of a, we want to see him get back out there. Mm-hmm. We want to see him regain who he was. But this is about business, and it's about what helps the franchise. And that, to me, is all that matters when it comes to Teddy Bridgewater. And that's why I like the idea. If the tolling doesn't happen, which I don't think it will. I mean, looking over the exact phrasing in the collective bargaining agreement it says that the player would have to be unable to perform, not just on the physically unable to perform list, which he was, but he made sure to state that he was ready to perform before that. So my guess is that this tolling thing, it's got to be so super specific of a situation to actually have it happen. And that's why you never hear of it. I had never heard of it before this year. So if that doesn't happen, that's why I like the idea of a short-term deal that gets him paid to some extent. Because he is a quarterback in the NFL. And if they're going to pay Brock Osweiler, who is bad at football, or Mike Glennon, who had been benched because he was also bad at football, well, then a guy that has a really high potential, like Bridgewater, to be a franchise quarterback, at least deserves that with the question marks around him. And I think that they probably can find a middle ground where you could even bring back Case Keenum on a transition tag, which costs a little bit less than the franchise tag, but still allows other teams to make offers and you can match them. That's how the transition tag works. Yeah. So they could do that and bring back Bridgewater without really blowing up anything with the salary cap because they've got so much room. So uh, the, the other name here that we've talked about for three weeks is obviously Kirk Cousins. And there's even been rumblings that Kirk Cousins' camp has floated, hey, Vikings, if you make a competitive offer, I'm in. I want to win, and I, and, and, and I don't want to have to score 30 points every time I take the field. My biggest concern about Kirk Cousins, if he becomes, let's say, the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and so Garoppolo is now. You've got Stafford making 27 per year, Garoppolo up to 27.5. Let's say Kirk Cousins is in that same ballpark. If you look at the list of the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league, and then... Look at the rosters around them. If you're not in that Hall of Fame category, in that Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees category, your team suffers because you can't build the rest of your roster out. So I, my, my concern would be that you're paying premium dollar and then maybe preventing the re-signing of a Stefan Diggs or an Eric Kendricks, and your quarterback is really good, but not good enough to overcome the roster deficiencies. 
And I brought that up to Pelissero yesterday from NFL Network, and he came back with a really good point, which is, okay, like, uh, first of all, you're probably overrating having to, like, not re-sign Stefan Diggs. You could, the Vikings are very good at manipulating the cap. You could probably figure out a way, especially with Rob Brzezinski. Secondly, if you're in a Super Bowl window, which we all agree the Vikings can win the Super Bowl yep. if they just get that position right, why would you want to go into the season with question marks? Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater's leg is a huge question mark, and the two years of rust. Case Keenum, without Pat Shermer, repeating his performance is a huge question mark. Like, Kirk Cousins, the question mark isn't, can he throw for a bunch of yards and be competent? It's... Is he like the eighth best quarterback or the 14th best quarterback? And so there's fewer question marks with Kirk Cousins, even though the price tag would be high. One of the question marks on Kirk Cousins, though, is whether he can perform in those big moments and actually be a winner. And you've seen it. It's it's on paper. The numbers are there when it's the fourth quarter, when it's the third and longs, all those things that show up in those kind of clutch stats. He's not really that great in, in those areas. And that's one of the reasons that Washington is bailing. Because I don't think it's so much as clutch existing. I think it's more of when you have to really make passes to win games. Bridgewater's anticipation and accuracy, so good that that's what made him good in those situations. Not to mention having the makeup and everything else. Where Cousins struggles a little bit sometimes in those areas. And when teams play their their dime packages with extra defensive backs. Or they play those linebackers in deep zones. And they force you to make really tough throws. He has a lot of trouble with those sometimes, and there is where Case Keenum can as well. And it's one of the shortcomings of Case Keenum, why he was very poor on third and long. And I think that might make a difference to them if they feel confident in his knee. And they're the only ones that know. Yeah. No other team that, knows. We don't know. That's actually seen an advantage that they're they the only have. Ones that know. That's an advantage the Vikings have that like, the other 31 teams have no idea on Bridgewater. So yeah. if they feel confident about it, they might look at it as that difference in big situations on a team that is in a win-now mode with a great roster might decide it for them. and Not even the money. It might just be, we think this guy is a little bit percentage points better of an NFL quarterback because of this, especially when we need him to be. So we're going to go with him over Kirk Cousins. And I, I don't worry so much about the salary. I, I agree with what Tom's saying. And I've also run the numbers, too. I was uh, eating some frosted mini-wheats the other day. Oh and I was looking yeah, through over Those the, are really good. You, yep. email, they are you good. can't yep. let them get soggy, which is the case with most cereal. Yeah. Yeah. Midway. Between soggy and, and yeah, so it doesn't yeah. cut the filled, roof of your mouth, right. but it's filled with yeah. the right amount of milk. Yep, I've gotten a lot of people who are big on fruity pebbles, but fruity pebbles overrated. They go down fast. I mean, they get that filmy junk. You got three minutes. Oh, you got yeah. three minutes on yeah. fruity pebbles. You, yeah, yeah. You better be in a hurry. Um. Anyway, so I was looking at the salary cap for the Vikings in the future. I think they can afford all the guys they need to afford. I mean, they have set themselves up so well for the future that you can move on from someone like Latavius Murray. It's just a running back. It's probably not going to hurt you. You can set up with a draft pick or a free agent signing like Trey Burton to have a good tight end situation or restructure. The fact that you can restructure, guys, I mean, you look a couple of years down the road, there's almost no question they're going to restructure Everson Griffin because he's set to make a $10 million cap hit, but they can move on from him for $1 million bucks. So that's a classic, hey, we'll just we'll just move on from you. Or you can restructure and stay, and we can afford all these other great players. So I have no worries about the cap and keeping all their good talent. It's really what the decision might come down to is Mike Zimmer saying, the reason I believe in Teddy Bridgewater is because I think he's a winner, and I think he can come through when we need him most. If we get back to the NFC Championship, I think he could do that better than Kirk Cousins. I think that's what the conversation might come down to. Yeah. 
boy, this is this is such a key offseason because every single time we talked about this the day after the Vikings lost that game against the Eagles, whenever they get to this point and have a devastating loss in that game, different coaches, different front offices, different players, it doesn't matter. They don't bounce back. But you have a chance to. I mean, you have if, if you get it right at quarterback, whether it's Bridgewater or the return of Case Keenum or Kirk Cousins, it doesn't have to be the same story. You can come back and win the Super Bowl if you do it right. You can, yep. but you won't go thirteen and three. That's if you look at that schedule. schedule. The other thing too is Harder. if you go through the number of players who had a career year, this is always a sign where your team's going to step back a little bit. I think they'll still be very good, but this is where you need to be vigilant in the offseason in adding different weapons and filling out this offensive line again because Harrison Smith was one of the best players in the entire NFL. It's not that he won't still be good, but he had a career year last year. Andrew Sandejo had the best year of his career by far by his pro football focus numbers. Is he really going to do that again next year? Everson Griffin, the same thing, his career high in sacks. Usually if a guy has a career high in sacks, the next year he's getting five or six less than that. That just is how it tends to work. So, you know, they still have some rising guys, but most of this team is in their prime. And even with the running game, bringing back Delvin Cook, it's a factor because he's a great player, but their combined running game was very good between Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray. So you're probably getting a little better, but you're not getting like leaps and bounds way, way better than you were this year. So there will be some regression no matter who you bring back as your quarterback. But that might mean you go from 13-3 to 11-5 or 10-6, and and you're still in that conversation for a Super Bowl. So that's where the team sees itself. So you're right about Kirk Cousins being a better percentage play. He'd be uh, in golf, you're, you're laying it up or chipping out. What do they call that? When you're like in the woods, you can go for it or you can... Well, you could you knock could, it out, you, you punch could, it out. You could punch out. Yeah, um, you could take a drop. Is Kirk Cousins like don't taking take a drop? drop? Punch out. Don't take the drop. You yeah. could punch out. All right. Well, I mean, it depends. Is the ball out of bounds? Are you Tiger? Um. Yes, I you, think so. Are you Sergio? We're the Vikings. Uh, well, we're the Vikings. Sergio, we're thirteen and three. So I think we're like Phil because we like got right there and then we lost. Okay. But that, but you know, Speaking that was more like early, early in Phil's career. Yeah, you know what I mean. You for can, sure. you can chip it out, or you can really go for it. And I think with Bridgewater, you're really going for it. And but with did cousins, you gr- did, you're kind of chipping it out. Did you ground your club in an area? You don't want to do that because if it's a bunker and you ground your club, that's a that's actually I believe two penalties. That is kind of so. work the golf show into this. You know? The is. Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Let's be like Tiger powered Punch by, Out. Is it powered by? Uh, it is be? powered by Venture Bank. All right. Yes. The golf show powered by. Powered by. I need any sponsor to Venture be powered Bank. by because it makes you feel like football. <laughs> That's the best way. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, <laughs> good stuff, Matthew. Go eat, more, go eat some more child uh, childhood cereals and report back to us. Eat the Can marshmallows we... first, man. Do the like Lucky Charms. Save don't... it to the end, man. I'll do that. I'm with you. Uh, what's that? Count Chocula has marshmallows too, right? You got to save those till the end. Or is that a different one? No, I think that, yeah, I think it does. Okay. He's still around? You can find Matthew's serial rankings still as well on 1500ESPN.com. <laughs> Past his prime, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Frankly, I think the dogs don't like them because, well, because sometimes they bring bad news. Mackey and Judd. Animals sense those things, you know. On 1500 ESPN. I think we all feel the same way about him. He was a really unique guy. And not only a great coach, but a great person. You know, and he had the ability to make everyone feel like they were his best friend. And so, uh, and it's great for his family too. So, um, and you know, we're very fortunate 
uh, to have uh, Ryan here and Rachel working with us. And of course, Debbie as well as, uh, you know, she's at all the games. So um, we're, you know, we're obviously very pleased that we're going to be able to honor him in a way that I think will be significant. You think of Minnesota basketball, you think of people like him, you think of a Bill Musselman, a, a McHale, guys like that that are, you know, a Kevin Garnett certainly, and we're hopeful that at some point uh, we could recognize him in a way that he should be recognized as well. Uh, yeah, tonight, uh, by the way, the Wolves are telling people to be in your seats by 7.15. Doors open at Target Center at 6 o'clock for the Flip Saunders tribute. So be in your seat by 7.15, and then uh, and then the game will start after the the Flip Saunders tribute. I want to ask you, Myron Medcalf, just about the Wolves and their their winning timeline here. So they're they're going to make the playoffs. They have a really tough schedule yep. the rest of the way, and we've we've gone over that earlier in the show. But like they still get the more Rockets, more Warriors. They get Celtics again, and they get they have a trip. They have a series of games after the All Star break. It's like seven or eight games where you say, "Wow, they could very easily lose that game." Um, Jimmy Butler is incredible. He's also Definitely. no longer 25 years yeah. old, and the way he plays, he might not be good as long as a Dwayne Wade was or as a LeBron James. It's possible that he might only have like three more years of prime left. He's only, only under contract for like another year, and then he can opt out. So, you know, if if the goal eventually, if we get past this honeymoon period of get to the playoffs for the first time in 14 years, and like that won't be good enough at some point when you have two of the top 15 players in the NBA and Andrew Wiggins' max contract kicks in. You know what? What do you think their timeline has to look like the next two or three years? They have to add more shooting. They have to play better defense than they have, obviously. Um, so, like, do you think they have a chance to compete at the top of the Western Conference before Jimmy Butler goes off the other end? See, the thing is, I think Golden State. Excuse me. I think Golden State and, and Houston are so good. I don't know who catches them. Like, like if those two teams stay together, they might be a step above everybody. Um, but I think again, Minnesota for me, you got to add a shooter. I think that would help them, and you got to do it in the next couple years for this team as it is. Because I still think Jimmy Butler in 2019 says, "Hey, hey, LeBron in L.A., uh, hey Rockets, hey somebody else, I'm not going to pick up this player option. I'm going to go somewhere else and try to win a championship while I still have some time in my prime." So I think you got to look at this as a two-year package where I really think Minnesota's greatest focus should be, because even adding a shooter, you got four All-Stars at Golden State. Houston is doing things we haven't seen. Cleveland just shifted its entire roster, and they got a bunch of shooters now. Defensively. Can the Timberwolves improve defensively and and help themselves? You know, yeah. that's that, that to me, again, Carl Towns becoming a better defender. Wiggins, that to me is where you can really improve. Adding a player when the champion has four All-Stars, and Cleveland looks like they're going to run through the East, it's not as simple as maybe people might think. See, like what you just said, too, a Golden State has uh, Kevin Durant's one of the greatest players of all time. Steph Curry is one of the greatest. He's the greatest shooter of all time. It's not fair. And it used to be for a long time, if you could get Batman and Robin, go get two top players, you yep. could win championships. All throughout our childhood, you and I both were born in the 80s and and so you get Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen, championship. Yep. You get uh, Drexler and Elijah Wan, championship. And then it became Kobe and Shaq, championship. Yep. Malone and Stockton almost won championships. It's not even good enough to get to the finals no. hardly anymore. And they have that, by the way. If yeah. you were to take what Towns is right now and what Butler has been the last few years and stack that up over the course of 
Like that combination makes it to the finals in a lot of different eras. Iverson and whoever his sidekick would have been for a couple different years there. You get to the finals. That's not the case anymore in the NBA. It's just, but are we able to be satisfied with something less than a championship? I think for a while, the answer is yes, because the Wolves just haven't been relevant like this in a long time. But, you know, it ain't. It's like, hey, congratulations. You just did all of this work to get Carl Bleeping Towns and traded for Jimmy Butler. And, oh, by the way, you're going to need, like, one more. Yeah, maybe two. <laughs> right. Maybe. Is there a team, honestly, not, historically, that Golden State wouldn't beat in seven games? Historically? I historically. mean, it's so hard sometimes to translate across errors because you, yeah. you could look at some of those Lakers teams and say, well, they never shot threes. Like, how are you going to keep up? But if you put that team in today's era and that front office – uh, just like if you put this Warriors team back in the day, although I think the Warriors travel better back in the day because yeah. they would just space out and shoot threes anyways. Exactly. And they dominate some of those teams. It's harder for a team that doesn't have three-point shooters from the 80s to just like transport into today, today's game. What do you do with some of those Knicks players in the 90s? What do you do couldn't with play. Charles Oakley or John play. Starks? They couldn't play. They we were wouldn't... talking about Bill Lambeer. He, they couldn't play. Yeah. But the fact that we're comparing Golden State to some of those teams shows you how good they are. That's why I think Timberwolves fans have to get realistic about the reality that as long as Golden State stays together, they're winning championships. As long as this Houston Rockets team stays together over the next two to three years, they're going to be right there too. And then I still think LeBron might have LeBron might have five more years in his prime. Maybe he's there too. But Minnesota, if you can get up into that third or second spot, put yourself in a position to challenge Golden State somehow next season, that would be great. But it's also hard to overcome Houston and the Spurs. The Western Conference is so tough. It's so tough. Yeah, I do, I do like that the Wolves have the Wolves have a little Golden State kryptonite in Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. I'm not saying that he yeah. makes up for everything, but you know, I mean, he's kryptonite for almost every team. But he can play anywhere you need him in that series. Now, if it comes down to it, and you have to make up, just like with Houston, you have to make up forty to fifty points per game just from the three point line. And you start to look around, all right, where are the deficiencies we can make out? Well, Golden State, when they want, is one of the top three defensive teams in the NBA, too. And the Rockets aren't quite what Golden State is defensively, but they do other things, and they and they go pretty deep lineup-wise, and Chris Paul adds another dimension. Um, I think, ultimately, the Wolves' fate this season is a first-round, grinded-out win over somebody, like yep. a six- or seven-game series against Oklahoma City, Denver, whoever yeah. it may be. Yeah, I mean, hell, Utah might be. In yeah. You might face Ricky Rubio at some yeah. point. They've won 11 straight games. And then if you can put up a fight and lose in five or six games to the Rockets or the Warriors in the second round and then go back to the drawing board a little bit. And I would I would personally, I might shop Andrew Wiggins if there wasn't enough improvement in other areas. If I could get something that would fit more with Butler and Towns for a two-year run. But then go back to the drawing board after you get beat in the second round and see, all right, is it possible to close this gap? Yeah, I think you only get Wiggins... Shop him if you can get something in return that's value, immediate value. Maybe LeBron likes the bold north. LeBron, Towns, and Butler. The personnel is there. You know when I realized the Golden State Warriors were at a level that I'm not sure anybody will match? I went to a Milwaukee game against the Golden State Warriors a couple weeks back. Steph Curry didn't play. Giannis, the Greek freak, against Durant. And Durant torched him. I mean, Giannis was top player under 25 in the NBA. A top five player, in my opinion. Yeah, And Durant just toyed with him. Like, they're just on such a different level. So we talk championships. It's like the Bulls in the 90s. If Jordan's playing and healthy, you ain't winning a championship. I don't yeah. care how good your team is. That's the era I think we're in with the Golden State Warriors, and that has to be kind of 
the perspective you put on whatever the Timberwolves might do yeah. in a season like it's this. It's just like basically, I think you said it earlier, until they get bored. And you know exactly. what? Like they're already sort of showing signs yeah. of hey, we're worn out. We've been doing this thing for a few years, and uh, you know the players are going to start drawing up plays Coaching. in the huddle. I mean, th- think about this for the Warriors, because they're in no danger in the first round, and they're in very minimal danger in the second round. If you're wondering, well, how can a team get, how can a team start to, you know, throttle back? They are three months away from their next meaningful game because yep. they're in the playoffs. Yep, the first round's going to be a breeze, so you're going to get into basically the month of May when Before they have to start sweating an actual opponent in a seven-game series. And they've been there. They've done that. The T-Wolves, teams like them, are facing the real pressure. What do you do when you get to the playoffs? How long has it been? Yeah, 2014 years. 14 years officially. That's a lot of pressure. That's pretty ridiculous. A lot of pressure. When we come back here to wrap things up, Myron Medcalf uh, from ESPN in for Judd today. And tomorrow we're at the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Chris Long is going to join the show Maybe the most honest steroid user in baseball history we're going to get to. Mackie and Judd. You think you like figure skating? Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir don't just like figure skating. They f***ing love it. Keep the speed. She can't second guess. She has to go right up and do it. Yeah! Figure skating! Toe loops. Kiss and cry. Yeah, hit the toe pick. Tassels. Triple lots. Mackie and Judd are back. Come on, boys. We're going to do it again. <laughs> On 1500 ESPN. The 2018 Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show does return to the Minneapolis Convention Center tomorrow through Sunday. And you've got to go with those tickets before midnight tonight. It's your last chance to get tickets in advance. And with those advance tickets, you receive over $470 in value. Each paid advance ticket receives 19 free greens fee passes and choice of golf shirt. But the offer ends at midnight tonight. To purchase your tickets, head to minnesotagolfshow.com. Minnesotagolfshow.com. Yeah, that should be fun over the weekend. That's always one of our most fun events here at 1500 ESPN, the Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show. Uh, before we get into the most honest steroid admission maybe ever in baseball, Myron Medcalf is hanging out with us. So on Saturday, I am participating. This has been a big one of our sister stations. My talk has been big as a participant in this event, the big climb downtown Minneapolis to benefit LLS, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, where you climb 53 stories and raise money for LLS. Um, so they've been doing that for a number of years. My mom passed away at 61 in August due to a rare form of leukemia. And so now I'm trying to raise money for LLS because let's put an end to blood cancers. 53 stories for a guy who, you know, maybe does a little cardio once in a while. Yeah. What's the percent chance that I have a heart attack climbing up on like the 20th floor? Like what am I in for? Dave, Dave does some running. Uh, yeah, I do like half marathons. I've got one coming Which up is, in three weeks. It's a little bit different. See, I've, but been, I've been training for that. That's different. How long have you known you were going to do this? Oh, in the back of my mind, about three months. Any, I've been, any training? Any Take an extra flight of stairs once in a while? So I, I do have a flight of stairs in my home okay. that I take okay. every night to go to bed. That's or a to start. Get a change of clothes. That's a start. Yeah. Just pace yourself. That's the biggest thing. Can I pass out for a half hour no. in one of the corridors and then someone can nudge me on just, the way up? Maybe just, the janitors can poke me at 8 p.m. after it's over. Just pace yourself. That's the biggest thing. You'll be okay. 
I did an incline walk yesterday for that 20 helps. minutes on a treadmill just to like, you know, get the feel of going up. The Stairmaster was next to the treadmill, but that looked a little too aggressive even. People will spot you out, though. Like, you know, just stay in your lane because if you don't let the people in front be in front. Don't be that guy. But are we going to have, like, I want to know how wide are the corridors of the stairwell? That's, that's key. Do you have to keep up with people, or is there going to be a log jam? You might have to do that, like, sideways climb <laughs> yeah. thing as people are trying to get by you. Or while I'm passing Nobody out, wants to be I'll that have to, dude. Like, go up against the railing while I'm yeah. fading. I'm envisioning <laughs> you about two or three flights up thinking, yeah, I got this. Yeah. Oh this ain't God. no big deal. And then at about 13 or 14, I got 40 more of these? Oh, my yeah, God. So I used to live downtown Minneapolis in a one of those high-rise buildings with 30 floors. And I used to live on the 15th floor. Well, one night, I think it was for, they, they shut down the elevators. You could only use the elevators to go up to the top floor or something and for like a half hour. And I came home oblivious to this time window with a bag of groceries and realize, oh, we can't use the elevator for the next half hour, so I can either sit down here and wait 30 minutes, or I can just walk the steps up to the 15th floor. Can't be that bad, right? Yeah. I got to, to the 15th floor, 14 floors really, because they skip the 13th, and I thought my heart was going to explode out <laughs> of my chest. And that's all, and that's with so 40 to go, what you just said. You'll, so. you'll be okay, and people will watch out for you. Um, I went hiking in the, the Tucson Mountains in Arizona over the summer. You know, and I'm not much of a hiker. In the summer? In the summer. Oh, man. Is there, I'm more of like a lift weights guy. You know, I got to work on my cardio, too. And, like, the park rangers saw me. First, I didn't have the right stuff. I was in, like, Timberlands and a Milwaukee Bucks cat. I didn't have the right. You know, bro, brothers out here hiking. We don't, I, I didn't know. I'm going to wear a Bucks hat. Yeah. I didn't know. So, like, one of the park rangers kind of looked at me like, you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. She was like, okay, stay away from that route. You stay over here. This you know, is the amateur route. This, this is basically she was she was trying to tell me don't go much further than that line because I'm not coming to pick you up. We'll find you with a helicopter and a search party basically, thirty days later if you go that way. Basically. Yeah. So just know your lane. You'll be fine. Okay. Pace yourself. It's a great cause. I'm a little nervous. Yeah. And by the way, you know, if you want, I do have a link if anyone even wants to donate five bucks or fifty bucks, whatever it is, to on my Twitter account. Uh, it's again for LLS Leukemia Lymphoma Society, and you could just go to twittercom Mackey if you want to chip five bucks in to help me not pass out on Saturday. We'll see. Hey, this story I saw yesterday on Twitter in our last couple minutes here. So David Paulino is a starting pitcher in the Houston Astros organization. He's broken. He's probably made like ten starts over the past couple of years in the big leagues. And he was busted. He made five or six starts last year in the middle of their season, a championship season, and then got popped for an 80-game steroid suspension. And here was his explanation, according to a story I saw. Astros pitcher David Paulino spoke to media today for the first time since the suspension, asked why he did it. Instead of denying it or saying, oh, I mean, I didn't know what I was taking. I went to a supplement store. He said, quote, I was in a situation where I thought my body wasn't responding and I needed to do something for my health and my ability to play baseball. I love it. That's what everyone should do. You know what? Where was he when A-Rod and yeah. Roger Clemens and all these other guys? Yeah. No, Jason Giambi did apologize for doing steroids, but he never really specified why what? he was apologizing. He said, I just want to apologize for my transgressions. What could you what that specify mean? what those are? What does that mean? I just want to apologize for my transgressions. Didn't Any Ma- and all of my transgressions. Didn't McGuire do something like that kind of? He like just apologized, cried a little bit. 
Yeah, and then when asked about the details, he just kind of said, nah, I don't know about that. But this is where, like, people will empathize with you if you apologize and come right out. And Now, A-Rod, miraculously, A-Rod has come back around, even though he went the Lance Armstrong route for a couple years, and he's now endeared himself because he's just so great on TV, and he's going to be on the ESPN Sunday Night Baseball. He's got but if the look. You, if you're a guy in a pinch and you get popped for steroids, you're better off in the long run from a PR standpoint saying, you know what? I got a family. I'm a yeah. borderline major leaguer. I come from the Dominican Republic, and I just want to make a living. And I wasn't, I wasn't healthy. And I, you know what? I made a mistake, but I do it again. And this generation, I think, understands. I mean, I would say understand. Maybe that's the wrong word, but we're not the past generation was. Oh no, steroids. We're like, okay, people are doing it. Can see it. Yeah, it happens. Admit it. Yeah. You'll be forgiven. So that's uh, that's pretty cool, David Polino. Hey, this has been fun, Myron. Thanks, Thanks for, for coming, having in, me, man. Dude. You can find Myron all over social media, Twitter, and uh, ESPN. You're doing. You were on sidelines for Michigan State, Minnesota the other day. Yeah, weren't you? yeah, I've done. Yeah. yeah, no, not Michigan State. A couple weeks ago, I was on. So boom, I so, do a little bit of everything. Awesome, Myron Medcalf uh, tomorrow. Venture Bank Minnesota Golf Show with Chris Long. See you guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy Five or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.